But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, welcome Angela. We're glad you're here this morning. And uh, I think everybody has a handout. And I do want to thank you for helping with our recovery walk. It's a big endeavor, lots of moving parts. And uh, if you're here, it, if you came, it, it kind of feels like a, I think Angie said, somebody said, kind of a well-oiled machine at this point. This was our 10th annual. But uh, nevertheless, it's it's difficult each year, and there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of cancellations and different things that happen at the last minute, and so it's kind of a scramble behind the scenes. But anyway, God blessed it, and uh, good good amount of people, and, and the Lord blessed with good weather. It uh, it really, as we were coming in, we were sweaty, but I mean, it was it was not brutal, you know. It was uh, very very bearable. So. Uh, I do want you to turn to the book of Job. We are going to finish chapter 1 today. We, we did an introduction and we started down uh, part of part of the first chapter. <clears throat> and uh, I failed to get my maps last week, so I did get my maps today. And I put this table up here so I have a little bit of breathing room. Now, uh, Jim, I, I hope this is okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass this around. Uh, some of you may not have been at our uh, Bible conferences before, but uh, next Sunday we'll kick off uh, the Bible conference, and I think they're going to start making Bibles like right after church, uh, all evening until uh, six o'clock, and we'll we'll break for a, a meeting, and uh, then even after the service on Sunday night next Sunday they'll they'll make Bibles till people till people leave and then uh, it'll start at 8 o'clock the next morning uh, Monday morning Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and uh, if I remember right they're making like 20,000 New Testament Ukrainian Bibles and uh, also I think one or two or three thousand whole I think they may be making, I haven't heard exactly, but I know Randy's making 300 Bibles for Life Issues. Uh, our, our ministry goes through about 100 Bibles a year, um, uh, maybe 40 or 50 with our group, and then we take some to the, to the jail, and the jail helps distribute to the inmates. So I know Randy's making some, and I don't know if that's part of the conference or not. I didn't ask that question. I'm not. Yeah, some inmates request large print. Seem like if people are 40 or over and they're incarcerated, they have trouble reading the small print, and a lot of times they can't get reading glasses. So, so we may. Yeah, we we did have eight eight point font. Now I think it's ten point. But uh, Jim, I changed this till 9 p.m. You had 6 p.m. No, it was 2 in the afternoon and then 9 after everybody leaves. Is that okay? So th- uh, this is one thing that was suggested this year. I think uh, since there's people here all day and into the evening, uh, sometimes the bathrooms run out of toilet paper. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, we just the trash cans get full. So we'd like to have two people at 2 in the afternoon and two people at 9 at night just check bathrooms, restock, take out the trash, things like that. So I'm going to just pass it. If you're able to help clean, uh, there's really, there should be, 
we probably don't need the Sunday 2 p.m. But uh, should, there should be like seven time slots. If, if, if you can help uh, clean the bathroom or restock or take out the trash, that's what that's about. <clears throat> but hey, Pat. Morning. So uh, if you're looking at the, the book of Job, <clears throat> uh, what, kind of my thesis for this study or kind of my main point is we can trust God even when suffering. And, you know, right now here today, Sunday morning, it's a nice day. We're all relatively healthy and wealthy and we're fed. But, you know, when we suffer, it's kind of a different story. Sometimes we we doubt the Lord. And so part of the reason for studying Job is just to help us see that we can trust God even when we suffer. And... uh, I think one preacher said, all of us are either in a storm, or we're coming out of a storm, or we're going into another storm. And I I don't think he was wrong. So, uh, Job said, in Job 13, 15, it's on your handout there, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And uh, that... I've tried to make mention each week different uh, people that I have talked to in their suffering. I've told you that uh, I had a man that had cancer that said cancer was the best thing that ever happened to him. Uh, and I, just from my own testimony, you know, going broke farming was the best thing that happened to me. It it led me to get saved uh, in, in a short in a short way of saying it. That that's uh, how I got saved. I went broke farming, got to the city. And uh, was going broke again, and uh, a guy in Peculiar, Missouri, led me to Christ. So, those, those things, uh, these things of suffering. If you think about suffering, I mean, trials. The devil wants trials to pull you away from the Lord, but God uses trials to pull you next to Himself. And so, I really been thinking about that. Uh, one person in particular in my mind. Uh, has more or less left this church for just a very small offense. And I, I just thought, wow. Uh, and and my, my, my point is, uh, if I was to tell you kind of how we got to the Kansas City Baptist Temple in here, uh, we were first-time guests at the Baptist Temple, and... Uh, the preacher heard we we didn't want to put our kids in class because they were, you know, this is a new church and it's a big church and anyway the, the preacher actually said from the pulpit, "Can somebody get those kids out of here?" I mean because they were kind of, you know, we had them coloring papers or something. So it would have been very easily for us to be offended, I guess. And I, I'm not saying I'm a perfect, but our heart is to seek truth, and I I think our heart is so important when we're suffering. Because, uh, you know, some people can be offended so easily and and pull away from the Lord. And yet, sometimes God uses that to test you, doesn't He? He tests our heart. Do we really want truth? Do we really seek Him? Do we really desire the things of God? And it's in those trials that he, He proves what's in our heart. And I just think that is so true. And with Job, it says, even in verse 1... Of Job 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect, 
and upright and one that feared God and is chewed evil or he, he found it distasteful and uh, look this is something I've seen just uh, recently look at verse 8 uh, God, a- God adds something to what he said in verse 1 so 1 8 says and the Lord said unto Satan hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth a perfect and an upright man one that feareth feared God, feareth God and is cheweth evil and the thing that God added there is that he was my servant. Job was God's servant. And I, I, I would to God that could be said of all of us that we, we, we were servants of the Lord. But uh, how is our heart when, when we are tried? Is it just to abandon our faith? Is it to help us to dig in and really uh, earnestly pray and seek, seek the Lord? And uh, his wisdom, <clears throat> and, I, and I hope it is. But it said in verse one that this man was in the land of Uz or Uz, and uh, I like this map here that I'll put up. <clears throat> I'll use Jim's got his famous pointer. So so it's really uh, this land of Edom here. And uh, this map has uh, Petra on it. And I think it's in Psalm that it calls it Sela Petra, Sela Petra. And it's a a place of the rock. And so it was down around this area that Job lived. And he lived around the time of Abraham and his descendants, Isaac and Jacob, in that time that they were uh, more up in the promised land. And I wanted to give you a little bit of perspective on that. <clears throat> I'm going to have you, I'm going to look at this next map because it it, it it kind of gives a bigger area. And so, if you can picture, so there's Edom that was on our other map, and you can see the bigger Arabia. And as as we go through chapter one here today, it talks about the Sabaeans. And they were the people of Sheba. They, they were from Arabia, even the southern area. But uh, anyway, help, hopefully this will put things on in perspective a little bit. We studied uh, <clears throat> Jeremiah, and it was a lot about Babylon. And uh, sometimes that's called the Fertile Crescent. And uh, up there is Persia, and this is the Persian Gulf. We've heard of the Gulf War in the early 90s. But uh, anyway, hopefully that gives you a little perspective. And then I wanted to uh, come out just a little bit more even. And this is a map I got from uh, Pastor Randy. And uh, there's something I wanted us to see on this. So we we all kind of know the continents. But uh, this, this little area called Aram or Aram... And I want us to look at Genesis uh, chapter 10. Uh, Hold your place here in Job. And look with me at Genesis chapter 10. I think this will bring it together a little bit. And uh, Emmett, I'll I'll have you start us out reading uh, Genesis 10. And read verse 22 and 23. I'll give you some hard words to pronounce. I love you so much. 
<laughs> All right. Good job. And so look at 23 again there. And the children of Aram, Uz. So th this is this Aram, and he had a boy named Uz. And, and that, that's the land where Job lived, in this land of Aram. That, that helps, doesn't it, to uh, see not only the map, but see from the Bible who these people are. <clears throat> and uh, their descendants of Shem... <coughs> <clears throat> and uh, anyway, this land of Uz, this place of Aram, and back to that uh, first picture in uh, Edom. So, <clears throat> anyway, ho hopefully that's helpful just identifying kind of the character, the, the place that this happened. The area, we, we said that Job was actually the very first book of the Bible written. Uh, he lived three to four hundred years before Moses. And uh, so Moses, even though he wrote the first five books of our Bible, our Bible was not written chronologically. It was written dispensationally. And, and so even though Job is like the 18th book of our Bible, it was the first one written between, uh, I think we said... 1600 and uh, 1800 BC, some, somewhere in that time frame. And even though the book, uh, maybe Job wrote some of it that we think Elihu was the human author, he was listening to all these conversations and he shows up in about chapter 32, I believe. And so we'll, we'll see him a little later. But anyway, I want us to see here <clears throat> just a little bit of refresher. I gave you a chart here. And I want us to read back to Job chapter 1. And I'm going to read 9 and 10 for us. Uh, well, really 9 through 12. I'll, I'll read 9 through 12 just to get us uh, started here. Then, then Satan answered the Lord. And we're going to learn about Satan uh, in this study. It says, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and hast, and his substance is increased in the land. And, and then Job's challenge here is in verse 11. But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And so this is uh, really one of the only times you see this dialogue between God and Satan in the Bible. And God presents his servant Job as an example. And uh, Satan says... Uh, and if you look at your chart there on your handout, his reasoning is, if Job is blessed by God, then he'll, he will be faithful. If Job is not blessed by God, then he will be unfaithful. So Satan accused God of kind of bribing his followers. So he's saying, God, if you'll put your forth your hand and take away his increase, I mean, that, that's why he loves you, is he's got this nice family, this beautiful house, he's got all this money. Uh, but if you will take that away, 
he will curse you to your face. And in a way, uh, <clears throat> I, I put your, I give you a blank there. Satan requests God to put forth his hand now, but it really resulted in God withdrawing his hand of protection. So God doesn't directly afflict his servant Job, but he he lets. I thought it was really interesting that he mentioned God, Satan mentions God's hand, and God mentions Satan's hand. So he really gives uh, them some human attributes. I thought that was interesting. Uh, is there any comments while we're talking about this? But I, I put the word protection in your first blank. What are you thinking as we? Uh, as we look at that, or even as it relates to ourselves, because we. I just got to mention. I mentioned two weeks ago. We got hands in the Bible, like God saying, all kind of representative things we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I say, hands. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Pat? Yeah, I'm just It's easy. It's easy for us to kind of think that way. I, I put this middle column here about human reasoning. It just says, if if Job is faithful, then he will be blessed, or if Job is unfaithful, then he will be punished. And sometimes we we do think like that. I I remember when I was fairly an early Christian, and we had a nice house in in Raymore. And a friend of mine came over, and he's the guy I was discipling. And I think one of his first times he came over, he he said, "Boy, God has really blessed you." I mean, he, he looked at our house, and he he connected, you know, Steve, you've been faithful, you're serving the Lord, so God has blessed you. And so we think like that, and in a way that's true, and in a way it's not necessarily true. I mean, that we don't want to be the health and wealth uh, gospel ministers that. Because I mean that's that's almost a satanic reason, you know. You give to God and He'll He'll bless you, you know that type of thing. But God does bless faithfulness, and that's kind of the godly reasoning on the on the far right side. But it's not always in the way we think. I mean, He has a purpose, so you know you you can be uh, handicapped and just in the worst way. And uh, you know, be be very rich. And I know uh, Brother Chris gave his testimony on Friday night. And he he said, you know, he got saved while he was incarcerated. And 
he said, I was more free than anybody on the outside just because he had truly given his life to the Lord. <clears throat> and I just thought that was a, a good good thing. So, anyway, we do have to be spiritually minded, like you're saying, Pat. And, uh, you know, without always knowing why, right? So, uh, let, let me give you... Uh, I thought these were some good examples of Satan's destruction. Uh, Let's, uh, Pam, why don't you take the Luke 13 verse, Pat, do the John 10, and uh, Angela, would you would you do the Acts 10:38? And let's look at, uh, and Jim, I might have you do the First Corinthians 5. Because what we're saying here is maybe God didn't directly afflict Job, but he allowed it. He withdrew his hand of protection, and the devil is is the author of this punishment that came upon Job that we're going to read here today. Uh, Pam, do you have the, the Luke 13, 16? Mm-hmm. What does that say? So there's a woman that was bound for 18 years by, by Satan, it says. He, he bound her. And uh, Pat, what, I really like the one I gave you, Pat, the Luke 10, or John 10, 10. Okay. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and kill and to destroy. I am found in the night of God. Amen. Oftentimes, if, if I if I do hospital visits, I will read John 10. Uh, John 10 is just a very comforting passage, I believe. and It just shows the contrast there that Satan, as a thief, he comes to kill, uh, to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he, he can steal our joy. He can kill our fellowship. And he can destroy lives. And that, that's what he does tries to do with Job and so that's his MO and so we Christ came to give us life and life more abundant amen and then uh, yeah uh, Angela what, what does the Acts 10.38 say Mm. So he was healing and giving uh, life and healing to those that the devil had afflicted. Good, good. And Jim, what does the First Corinthians one say? First Corinthians five five. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Yeah, I, I just thought that was so. The Lord. It's kind of what he does to Job, honestly. He he deliver, he lets the devil have his way, so he takes off his hand of protection. And that, that's a little bit what happens in the tribulation period that's coming up. Is you know, uh, Christians are raptured out. We meet the Lord in the air, and uh, chaos ensues. There's there's really no bounds left. Uh, God's people are gone. Uh, the, the word is not being preached and. 
Um, but anyway, the, my teaching point here is just our adversary uh, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And we, we all are fairly familiar with that verse, but, but that that is what happens in Job because God asked Job, the devil, where have you been? He's been walking up and down and to and fro in the earth. And he's like that roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. And uh, and boy does he. He, he. he tries to do that. So uh, we, we need to uh, stay in, in church and with other believers. We've all seen, I mean, when I was a little kid, uh, we had the Wild Kingdom on TV, right? And, and uh, you know, they, they, they say like a pack of zebras, you know, they, they really have some strange markings, the, the, the zebra markings. And, but they say like when they're all together, it's hard to discern one from another. They kind of blend in. But boy, you you get kind of one off by itself, and it really sticks out. And so that that's who the 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 devil, our adversary, pursues is those that are on the peripheral, kind of the weaker, uh, the more easy to catch their prey, uh, honestly. And so, anyway, that's a little bit kind of leading us up to what we're talking about. We're going to try to do thirteen through the end of the chapter today, <coughs> and. What what it seems? In fact, look, look at the very look at verse thirteen. It says, "And there was a day." And you know, a day can make a big difference. I, I've just been really thinking about that. All all of Job's issues, all of his losses, happen in one day. You know, from one day of having this family, this land, these possessions, all these servants. He loses it all in one day, and you know, uh, people who've had a, like a car wreck. I mean, a car wreck can change your life in one, in just in a moment, can it? Or you know, some some type of illness. And I was thinking about that even with my own dad. He, uh, the Putnam County Fair is this week. It's always right after Labor Day, and. So he was just trying to clean our his house. He he hired a lady and she was going to shampoo his carpet. So he was helping her move furniture. And he's 86, but he helped lift his. He had one of the original flat screen 50 inch consoles. It weighs 500 pounds, and he helped her lift it. And he he was helping her move furniture. Well, about three hours later, he couldn't walk, and. Uh, He's in excruciating pain, and so he had someone take him to the emergency room, and they took an X-ray, and it wasn't broken, and and they gave him uh, six pain pills, like every 12 hours for three days, and he didn't hardly sleep for three days. He just said so much he can't walk, and he he's got a walker now, and then they anyway. He, my cousin took him to uh, Columbia again, and. They drained some water off his knee, and he, he's better. But I'm just thinking, you know, he went from mowing his yard, driving a pickup, living a normal life, to bedridden, sweating with pain, and he, you know, he he's not a complainer. He's gets a sore, you know, a toothache, and he just toughs it out or sickness. But anyway, when you can't walk and you're just in excruciating pain, 
I just thought, wow, this what a difference, just lifting that TV. It, it just changed his whole life for a week or so here. We'll see, see how better he gets. But anyway... Uh, this day made a big difference in Job's life. And uh, Angie, I'm going to, uh, my Angie, would you read 13 all the way through 19? Let's just all read that together as Angie reads. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest daughter's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them. And took them away, yea, they were slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only and escaped the one's problem. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them, and I only and escaped the one's problem. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, the slain and slain the servants at the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was just speaking, there came also another, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Okay. See, yeah, there's four or five rounds there of just you know disaster and calamity and this just bad news and turn over one page if you would to chapter 3 one page in my Bible so look at Job 3 and verse 25 and 26 and here's what Job says at the end of chapter 3 he says for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me and that which I was afraid of is coming to me. I was in, I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. And in other words, he wasn't just coasting. I mean, he was working. He was sacrificing continually for his children and trying to sanctify them. And yet this thing that he feared came upon him. And... Uh, so any one of us would just uh, be devastated with any of this news. But in verses 13 through 15 is when he lost uh, many of his servants and the Sabaeans stole the oxen and the asses. And we said that... Uh, I'll put up this other map again. We said that well, let me back up just a little. Uh, we said a week or two ago just that Job, his name means one persecuted and that he is a picture or type of the Jew in the tribulation period. And just as Job is having all this trouble that happens to him, the Jews also go through what the Bible calls a time of trouble. And so that, that's what goes in your next blank there, just the word trouble. And that that's a word that, you know, is used to kind of summarize this uh, these things that happen to him. And the Jews go through a time of trouble, and guess what? They land up in around this Petra, this place of the rock. 
this uh, wilderness, the Bible calls it. And uh, I think I think what I was going to point out with I gave you several references there. All of them speak about the time of trouble, but one of them is not quite right. It's uh, I've got Proverbs. 2919. It should be Proverbs 2519. I was looking those up this morning. It should be 2519. Talks about a time of trouble. Not not to have confidence in an unfaithful man. Uh, so then uh, this next blank I gave you, just the word Sheba. And, and what do you think of when you think of that? That word Sheba. That's what I. That's what I thought. You thought of Solomon, yeah. The Queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon. And and what I put there in your blank is the Sabaeans, uh, or people of Saba or Sheba. It's the grandson of Cush, and that's also in Genesis 10. And they are descendants of Ham. Uh, you remember Noah's three boys, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So uh, Ham, I believe, had uh, Canaan, and Canaan had Cush, and then the grandson of Cush was this Sheba. And uh, they are ancestors of all the southern Arabian tribes. Sabaeans is from Hebrew word. It's translated Sheba everywhere else except here. So this is the only time the Bible mentions the word Sabaeans. Every other time it's Sheba. So... Down here in southern Arabia uh, are the Sabaeans and, and they came up to Edom and they killed all Job's servants that were watching the oxen and the asses and, and they stole his animals. So these were uh, some wranglers. <clears throat> and so that's what happened in 13 through 15 that Angie read. <clears throat> and then look at verse 16 back in uh, Job 1. While he was yet speaking, so the servant that told about the Sabaeans, he's still there, and another servant comes up and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped to tell thee. And so uh, in verse 3 it mentioned that he had... Uh, 7,000 sheep. So this was quite an amazing thing that fire from heaven, I don't know if it was like lightning or exactly what it was, but it came down and it killed all these 7,000 sheep and the servants that were watching them. And only this one servant escaped this fire from heaven to uh, report back to Job. And then look at verse 17. Uh, while that guy was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So almost the same kind of thing, but... It, it appears to all happen in the same day. So maybe, maybe the auction and the asses were grazing down low and the Sabaeans took them and the Babylonians. Uh, th this is uh, 
hope it mentions the word Ur. Yeah, right there's a little town called Ur, and sometimes it's called Ur of the Chaldeans. And so the Chaldeans was the whole area where Babylon is, and and that's where uh, Abraham's ancestors came out of. Uh, we're all familiar probably with the the Tower of, of Babel. And it was around where Babylon's at. And that's where God uh, dispersed them and confused their language. So they would uh, scatter abroad. And so those are the group that came over and uh, stole the the camels here. And killed the servants. And you you think about this really happening like today. I mean, I, I suggested, we don't really know, but you know... He would have had to have no less than a hundred servants to to take care of all these animals and the lands and the the wealth that he had. And you know, some people tried to estimate, uh, just put a price on seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels and five hundred yoke of oxen and five hundred she asses. Uh, the figure I seen was about three quarters of a million dollars. I don't know if that was in our vernacular or theirs, but. Anyway, uh, it says that he was the greatest of the men of the east. So, very wealthy. I mean, that's not including the land. or. But, uh, you know, he, he would have known these servants, many of them personally, if he was a fairly aged man. And, and so, uh, just the loss of life, the loss of his wealth, the invasion of the enemies, uh, all this was his time of trouble. And so, he was just uh, very... So that, that's why we say nobody uh, other than the Lord, you know, could really identify with the sufferings. And, and really, you know, we say that uh, we say that Jesus is represented in every book of the Bible. And really, I think in Job, we we see most closely probably the sufferings of Christ. If if we could maybe put how Job pictures the Lord, we could just get an an idea of the sufferings of Christ and you know if if Christ is Lord of all you know it, it probably grieves him when he he loses you know when people die and go to hell that that would be a great loss to him right he he uh, the, the the enemy got another one you know so to speak and when i uh, when i you know know of christians that die i feel like man just another light's gone out and Especially a pastor, maybe that serves the Lord, and when they pass away, you just heavy heart is like, man, there's just a great influence. You know, we got to backfill, we got to hand the baton to the next generation, and I'm sure Job was about that. I'm I'm sure as the leader, and uh, it, it mentions him as being a king a couple places. You know, as being king, I'm sure he was a benevolent king. He was good to work for. And so, uh, anyway, for him to take such a loss, I'm sure everybody around him felt that. And uh, let's look at the last one here. The death of his children, verses 18 and 19 that Angie read. Uh, While that guy was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young man 
and they are dead, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And so now he just hears about all of his kids dying. So he's got three or four servants that live. His wife that's still alive. We'll hear about her next week. And uh, and and he's got his health still. So he. Uh, but anyway, th- this would be. I mean, he's been sacrificing for his children. They were a tight family, and they all die this due to this great wind. And uh, that, that's where I kind of highlighted the verse that Pat read earlier, that the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he does all those in that in this little passage, didn't he? This thief, he stole the cattle, he stole the animals, he killed the servants, and he destroyed, trying to destroy this man, Job. And so I had you put thief, this word thief in your... Have any of you ever had anything stolen from you? You have? How does that make you feel? You feel violated, don't you? I mean, like, man, I work for that. Now it's gone. What are you thinking, Pat? Have you had something stolen? Have you? I think only once uh, we lived at our apartments. And up on the farm, I had made, you know, everybody, you see a, a lot of pickups have a little toolbox in the back. Well, I made one out of wood, and I painted it, and I just had a, a padlock on it, and they, they had pried that off and taken my tools, and I don't even know what I lost, but that, that was exactly how I felt. It's just like, doggone it, you know, I worked hard to make that toolbox, they tore up the toolbox, they took my tools, and... Uh, so yeah, you feel very violated, and you know, say time is something else. That, you know, as I get older, I think of it more. But sometimes things steal my time. Mm. Yeah. You know, we have a thing at work that I could have been an email. A lot of times, it could have been an email. It's like uh, sometimes I watch a movie or something, and that yeah. waste of my time. I yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's that is a good point. We allow ourselves, and I've allowed myself, you know, put things in, in bad places, like left my wallet or something, and had it stolen. But I know one time where somebody broke into my my house, a duplex, and and there was a problem with the lock and Make you angry and yeah. yeah. Well, and we need to. I mean, those. That's that is a righteous indignation, I believe. And you know, the the church has had a few things stolen, and and those things make me angry. And so, uh, anyway, 
So you, you know how you felt. Just think how Job felt. He did feel violated. And you know he's one guy out there in the desert now. He can't go fight the Chaldeans. He can't go fight the Sabaeans. His children just died. And so he, we're, we're going to see his reaction. So let's look. Turn to the next page or the back side of your handout. And I, I use this word uh, calamity. It was in something I was reading. Oh, I'm not spelling that right. How do you spell it, Angie? Calamity. C A L A M I T Y. That's what I had you put in your verse. Job only has one servant left from each calamity, as well as his wife. And uh, the word calamity is actually in our Bible in uh, Proverbs 1. And we won't read all that, but. it's kind of an example of someone that doesn't fear God and doesn't heed his warning that calamity uh, <clears throat> I, I didn't really you know l- last week we talked about Job being a type of Israel in the tribulation period but in some ways we're going to see that Job is also a type of a lost man in hell and so sometimes this story takes us uh places and that's what Proverbs 1 talks about that uh, the Lord wanted to pour out his spirit but uh, the person refused and so when when a lost man enters into hell he does so because he has rejected the Lord and he has calamity that happens to him at that time and so uh, this next little section here I want us to see, let's kind of rehearse here, the ways that uh, Satan works. He used people, uh, specifically the Sabaeans, and he attacked possessions. So the devil uses people, and he attacks possessions. From from that chapter there, we've seen that. Uh, he, he wants to steal and kill and destroy. And then he used fire from heaven. And we have to be very careful. If, if we say, you know, how does the Lord speak to us? Well, he, he uses other people. Uh, you know, when we hear the preaching this morning, hopefully God speaks to us. He can definitely use circumstances. I mean, but we say the primary way he speaks to us is through his word. And so, uh, if we were to see fire fall from heaven this morning, was that God or was that the devil? We're seeing here that the devil did this, didn't he? He, he used this is actually a false sign and wonder. The devil can do false signs and wonders. Is and and that's in. I gave you a verse there from Second Thessalonians that he 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 uses uh, false signs and wonders. So for this fire to come out of heaven and kill uh, all these sheep and all these servants, uh, the the devil caused that. He can do so. We have to be very careful. 
And one of the, the things that I hear sometimes is about dreams. You know, this dream is of the Lord, so God is telling me to do such and such. Well, maybe, maybe not, right? It aligns up with what we already know to be true in the Bible. Right. Right. So signs and dreams and things like that can be very subjective. It's subjective to the person it happens to. Lying wonders. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and that that's where you have to be very careful. And so sometimes it's better just to reserve judgment of this was of the Lord or not. Uh, till, till God shows you from His Word. Uh, he used these Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and you know, oftentimes, I mean, the first mention of Babylon in the Bible is in Genesis 10 with Nimrod, and he's this mighty hunter before the Lord. I mean, Babylon, uh, kind of the last mention is mystery religion Babylon. It, it's a false religion, and there's a false worship to uh, p- paganism, and so I wanted—I want us all to see that the the devil used these Chaldeans, the Babylonians, this representative of the whorish woman, uh, to destroy some things and to uh, and to kill with. And so I, I just want you to see—you know—historically, it was people that did that, but. The application for us is we have to guard against false religion, don't we? We, we have to get guard against uh, false doctrine, false beliefs, uh, because that can uh, destroy many as well. <clears throat> and then uh, the devil used nature, the elements, in, in verse 19. That's where this great wind came up. And so the devil can use nature, and, and so does so does God. So you just have to be very careful. And then uh, it says he uses disease. And that will be chapter 2. And he uses an ungodly spouse. Uh, his wife tells him to curse God. I mean, that's what the devil wants him to do is curse God. And that's what his wife tells him to do. So these are like seven things that God uses in this story. Five, six. I guess six different ways. Does anybody have any thoughts or questions about those before we see Job's reaction? Um, I may have missed something there, but I think that's just instructive to just step back and say, "Wow, this God, God, or the devil uses these things for his purposes and his attempt to uh, try people." That's what happens in chapter two. God releases his hand of protection even more and he allows the devil to uh, give Job disease and uh, cause his health to be severely affected. And, and I know when I don't feel good, when I have a headache, you know, I'm, I'm less, uh, you know, I feel like I'm less spiritual, spiritually minded. If I'm unhealthy, it's hard to function. And so... The devil uh, attacks his health in the next chapter. So, yeah, Pat? Yeah, just looking at that that list that we have here, I mean, really, he wants to make a full assault on us in every area of our life just so we're just so beat down Mm -hmm. to get up. Right. Because it's coming from everywhere. Mm. 
yeah, it, it'd be hard to just walk up to Job and say, oh, just trust God, buddy. You know, it's going to be okay. It's like, what? Yeah, that's just so insensitive to... I mean, I didn't even know what to say to JB here this morning when he, you know, he lost his dad. I just, you know, tell him I'm sorry and was it expected or it's hard to know what to say. So just, we got to be very careful and gracious and loving. And uh, anyway, I know God's working on me, on me in that way. I mean, I, I, I give up on people and I uh, am not immune to these things either. So we're, we're in this together. So now, let, now let's, let's see why our hero Job is a hero of the faith here. Uh, 20 and 21, Emmett, would you read? We're back to you, brother. Yeah. And the next one, too. Wow. Wow. You know, let's say, let's say Steve just got his pickup broke into. I think I could say, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. But it would be harder for me to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. It would be a little hard to praise Him. It's one thing to say, yeah, God gives and He takes away, but there's still just that. So this this is really quite a statement that Job makes here. And I listen. It's like Mark and Lucy used to say that you thank God yet. Yeah. Well, what, what Mark and Lisa... Our, our disciples, Mark and Lisa, they used to, you know, if we would complain about something, they'd say, well, you thank God yet. Because they wanted us to thank God or praise God in everything, not just the good things, you know, that happened. Yeah. It made me think of that. So we we still kind of... I guess it's been a little while since we've said that. Obviously used to, but you don't hear that a lot, but that's good. We should start that, because... The Bible does say, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." And it's a little bit hard to give God thanks in everything. And uh, so, yeah, he he would just tell us, no matter what happens this week, just ask the other if we thank God yet for that. And so we we did. We tried to exercise that. And uh, but anyway, there, there's like ten things here that hap- that Job does. I don't know how significant the first one is. Just he arose, so maybe he was sitting down when each of these servants came to him and told him all this bad news. But uh, then he he rent his mantle. He 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 ripped his clothing, and th- those are signs of humility and uh, mourning. I'm sure for his children that he he, he rent his mantle. And I uh, gave you some verses about those. And he shaved his head. That, that was a sign of mourning and humility as well. Just, uh, I mean, that, that was his, his covering. And I'm, I'm sure there's just a lot of meaning there. I gave you some verses about that as well. 
so then after he had arose and done those things, he, he fell to the ground and you might think, you know, he it, it was a, a way of him uh, worshiping. He, he fell to the ground. Um, one thing, uh, some of you maybe heard of Adrian Rogers. He, he's a He's dead now, but he, he was a preacher. Uh, he's still on the radio. Um, love worth finding. And so, if I go in to work a little late, at 8 o'clock is his program. But He was also a college football player. and I remember him telling his testimony one time of being called to be a preacher. and He said he went out on the 50-yard uh, line in his football field. It was, it was after dark, and he just got down on the 50-yard line and, and he worshipped the Lord and he, he committed to uh, serving the Lord. And, and what he said was, he said, I didn't feel low enough. So he, he said, I dug a little bit of grass out so I could stick my nose down in the dirt. He just wanted to get lower before the Lord. And So when I, I, I hear Job, uh, you know, falling on the ground, I think of uh, Adrian Rogers a little bit that way. And... Uh, it says that he uh, consecrated himself to leave the world as he came. He was naked. He, you know, when we're born as a baby, we're naked. When we uh, leave, we, we go through the mortician and uh, our clothing is removed and we're embalmed or however uh, all that goes. But we, we leave the world naked is what he's saying. And he acknowledges that uh, God could give or he could take away. And then he, he blessed the name of the Lord, and that, that's a good thing to do, isn't it? There, there's, uh, you know, Acts 4.12, that there's none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. So the name of the Lord is just powerful, and so he blesses that name. And it says specifically in verse 22 that Job did not sin and that he did not charge God foolishly. And so those, those are good things to remember when we are attacked or we feel attacked, doesn't it? Just don't sin, don't, don't be a fool and charge God. And uh, the, th- the thing I wanted to leave you with, uh, let's all go to Job 10, and, and we'll, we'll start chapter 2 next week, but look at Job 10. And uh, read verse 15. I think this is where the devil wants all of us, as you're saying, Pat. You you gave some good examples. But uh, Pam, would you read chapter 10 and verse 15 of Job? Is that it? Okay. And so I just had you put the word confusion in your last blank. He said he was full of confusion. And, and you know, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion, doesn't it? And so when we are in confusion, it, it is because, you know, we've allowed the devil to make us feel that way. And so... Job was that way, and we can all maybe relate a little bit to how he felt. And uh, is there any other thoughts as we close here today? Hopefully, that makes sense. Ah. 
Yeah, in in all this he sinned not. Yeah. Well, let, let's pick up with that. Uh, they, they are a little different. They're different words, aren't they? Uh, Pat, you were going to say something too, brother? Um, I was just going to say, um, this, you, know, you know, part of it, I think the whole thing was part of why it's tested is because, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a good man. Yeah. He's a righteous man, but I think a lot of that was to, to show him in the end that he was self-righteous and rather than, you know, um, Right, I believe so. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I think that is what God uses is for Job to see himself in this as he is, and uh, definitely he comes forth as a a, a finer. You know, he, he he's purified through all this. I'm going to go ahead and stop this tape here.